Paul and, and Michelle, they sent through the message about a week ago to say, Josh is in a bad shape, can you please pray? Well, anyway, uh, through the course of this last week, it's just been literally every day, it's like life or death. It's like he's been on that cusp, you know? And, um, and so anyway, I just, and I'm sure a number of you have been praying, but on Friday morning, I got together with the staff that were here and I just said, hey, you know what, before we do any business, let's do, our, let's do the highest business. Let's, let's do the business of the kingdom of God for the well-being of people. And let's focus that in on Josh. And so we got together, as a, there was a group of us, and we just prayed. And we just sought the king to bring his kingdom for Josh. Well, anyway, last night, I, I haven't got a photo of it for here yet, but I got a photo last night, finally, at about... I don't know, 9 o'clock or something like that, Paul sent me a photo with Joshy and he is breathing freely at last and there was a smile on his face. And I was just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that we get the privilege to partner with the heart of the Father for the well-being of other people. God loves it when we um, partner with him. And even with regards to partnering with him, with regards to his kingdom purposes in the earth and how our finances actually have a big part to play in that and see that kingdom advancing. And, and I just want to sort of um, rub on that issue a little bit this morning for us. Um, so if you have your Bible, can we go to 2 Corinthians chapter two, uh, uh, sorry, chapter 8, verse 1. It's on the screen if you haven't got a Bible with you or your Bible app, and we'll just read along. And now, brothers and sisters, now, sorry, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. Okay, so the Corinthian church is a church that has a lot of everything, really. And it's also a church that does really well in a whole number of areas of the life of the kingdom. But it also has its edges where it's like a little carnal at the same time because people do people stuff. And when people get together with other people, they do people stuff with each other and to each other. Yet there's a, there's a spirit of God on them that sees them excelling in many things. Signs, wonders, the gifts of the spirit, generosity, speech. I mean, they're, they're, there's some things that they're really good at. But then Paul uses, as he's writing to them, he also rubs this one area of their financial life together by by showing them an illustration about their brothers and sisters in the Macedonian church. And the Macedonian church was like a group of churches from like Philippi and um, Berea and a few others. So it's this kind of cluster of churches that Paul says, hey guys, I've just been with these guys and there's something outstanding about the grace of God on them that you could learn from. And so as you're reading this, Let's, let's likewise learn from the testimony of God's grace on our historical family uh, in, the, in, the, in the Macedonian um, region that we too might learn from in regards to our financial lives with God. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of severe trial... Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So just get the context. They're doing it tough. They're doing it tough. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Now, 
The reason why Paul's talking here is also because this church in Corinth, they've been invited to, to gather up some resources and send it away to another church in Jerusalem so that, that the, the people in the church in Jerusalem, that they could be encouraged and they could be built up and they could break through and see the kingdom of God come in their situation. So Paul's inviting them to gather money, not for themselves, but for the kingdom to advance through another group of churches. So he's just reminding them of that invitation and he's speaking into that again. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, these Macedonians, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in love, we have kindled in and oh, sorry, we have kindled in you a love for us, and see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Next slide, mate. I am I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Now, let's just pause. Um, one thing we do really, really well in our culture, in our day, is we compare ourselves to each other. On every level. Every level. And I just want to say, now a lot of that's unhealthy comparison. But here, Paul's actually saying there is a place for comparing yourself for actually honestly placing yourself and looking at yourself in light of the grace of God on others. Now, the good thing is, in this process, as we'll see in a moment, it actually liberates you to living life, not condemns you to feeling like, oh, I suck. It actually sets you free to live life. Unpause. Um, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty uh, you might become rich. And here's my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means." For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Underline that. (laughs) Underline that. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality, as it is written. The one who gathered much did not. Ha- uh, sorry, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Now, jump over just another chapter, chapter nine, verse six. If we can get the next slide, thanks, mate. Now, remember this. So he's ta- now he's 
Now he's talking about how to practically walk this out. Now remember this, whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly, and whoever sows generously also reaps generously. Each of you should give whatever you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for food will also supply increase to your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will mean thanksgiving to God. What if the point of our life, your life and mine, was actually way, way bigger than we'd actually, we've ever imagined? What if the point of our life was bigger than all of the commitments that our next paycheck has to serve? What if our life is more than that? What if it's meant to be something like knowing God, loving God, the maker of heaven and earth, and then partnering with this God through Jesus to see the heavens, the earth, and all humanity set free to living a new, full life? What if it's bigger than your next paycheck? What if if your purpose for being here is bigger than your next paycheck and all of the commitments that are screaming for that paycheck? What if you're meant to be here for something grander? Imagine partnering with God at work in your circumstance by the power of the Spirit and a financial life that's set free from the powers and the wisdom of this world that is busy selling everyone a sub-life. And yet this sub-life is what we're all investing in. And it's deeply disappointing that with regards to its returns. The returns are not as good as they say because it doesn't actually fit the whole that is within us. I wonder if we were to give those disappointing returns up and embraced a full life in Jesus, the resurrected one, who has a plan for our life that includes our, the use of our finances, that brings great joy and freedom for many people. Grace, this grace of giving. Can we jump onto the next slide? Thanks, Luke. Paul says, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. This word grace or charis in the Greek, there's this joy. It means this sense of joy and loveliness. Have you ever thought about that when you're handing, handing money to someone? It's just so lovely and joy-filling to release resources to people. If it's not joyful, if it's not a loving, lovely experience for you, then there's a work of the Spirit that needs to take place for us to come into our true identity as sons and daughters who live in the fullness of the kingdom come in Jesus. And every spiritual blessing that is ours, as Paul's has written in Ephesians chapter 1. But it's meant to be this place of outstanding joy. It's, it's this place where I'm doing this not because I have to, but because there's this favour this kindness, this 
kingdom of God that's actually come over my life and invited me to live a new way. What if, what if, what if we actually started to live with a worldview that said we, as Jesus people, are highly favoured people? Remember the words that, that the angel spoke over Mary when she, when she found out she was pregnant? Mary, you who are highly favoured are pregnant by the power of the Spirit. And who was, who was in there? Jesus. Jesus. The, that same highly favoured work of Jesus in Mary, those same words. It's like a prophetic declaration that anyone at any point in time in any of the journey that has anything to do with the reality of Jesus Christ will come under the confession of the heart of God, which is you're highly favoured. God is looking at you. God is reaching to you. God is pouring out his kingdom for you. Now that's a different mindset to the carnal one that we wrestle with a lot of the time that says, oh, I never have enough. Well, actually, in Jesus we do. We're highly favoured. We're not someone's pauper anymore. We're definitely not the devil's pauper anymore. He got, his neck got broken when Jesus went to the cross and rose over the grave. Jesus did that so that as the victorious king, he could establish all of us once and for all into his divine favour. You're highly favoured. And everything else and anyone else that wants to say anything else, you can just silence the power of that with the truth of Jesus' name. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. There is this goodwill, and not only that, there is a sense of power, energy, um, authority that gets released in this grace of God. It's not just some sort of theoretical idea or mystical thing. It, it is a source of power, from the goodness and the kindness of God that rested on these Macedonians. And Paul says, take a good look at that. Take a good look at that. I mean, I do that with regards to people, particularly, that are in the, in the business of, um, particularly, the ministry of healing. I'm always looking at those who, do, who are excelling in that area of healing. And I'm like, how are they doing that? They are, there is a divine favour and power on them and... By the grace of God, I want to operate like that. I want to come up into that place of operating like they do because I see there's more in the kingdom of God that I've yet touched. And so I posture myself, I invest myself, I give myself to learning, to growing because I'm taking a good look at that and I'm going, that's all Jesus and I want that too. Well, Paul's saying that about to the Corinthians about the Macedonians in regards to finance. And they're saying, take a good look at these Macedonians, Paul, uh, uh, Corinth. The favour of God is all over them. The power of the Spirit is all over them. There's this divine experience that's available. One of the things I love here at the Vineyard in our culture in regards to money and even offerings is we never manipulate we never take an extra 20 minutes to bend your arm just to prepare you to make sure that you're ready to give and hold your wallet up and cough and, you know, cough it out, empty it up. We don't, we don't need to do any of that. Some might say we look a little, con, a, a little casual, but you, you're, you're mistaking us if you do think we're casual. 
You're mistaking us if you do think we're casual on the surf, looking on the surface. You see, we actually believe that we're in a relationship with a God of grace and that everyone who is in here has the divine favour and power of God over their life. And so we don't need to hype anyone or anything or bend an arm or manipulate or control or make you feel bad because you're not given enough. We don't have to do any of that because you know who you are. We know who we are. And so when Jesus says, hey, give unto, uh, give unto my cause through the life of a local church, we don't hear that as a, oh my gosh, it's time to opt out. We hear that as, okay, let's do it. Because we have a vision and an understanding that our life has got grace on it and that God's called us to join together for a greater cause. And every bit that we give into that releases the power of the kingdom for the sake of another. Paul here is inviting the Corinthians to have an honest conversation with God. And he's inviting us to, in light of the script, reading of that scripture, to also have an honest conversation with God. The grace of giving that flows from God. It's an experience of joy and divine empowerment and in regards to partnering with God to see his kingdom come. There is a profound joy in this. And it is profound. Because every other financial institution in the world will say, there's no joy attached to this until you retire. Until then, it's just slave labour. Well, friends, we got out of Egypt, didn't we? A long time ago. Didn't God deliver us from Egypt a long time ago and making bricks and more bricks and more bricks? And even when we thought we'd made enough bricks and, you know, to, to secure for ourselves a, a future, um, in fact, Egypt and the institutions of this world just continue to come along and says, no, be fearful. It's not enough. It's not enough. You need to make more bricks. And so you spend more time making more bricks, wasting more energy and being more anxious Do you get the systems of this world that are fueled by darkness? Jesus came to set us free from that. God liberated us from Egypt. God broke the power of all of that when he rose from the dead. And no longer is it about having to make more and more bricks. It's about making the bricks where he wants us to make the bricks so that these bricks will bring a return that will release the power of the kingdom into the earth. And the gospel of the good news of Jesus would go forth and people would discover the grace that we ourselves have found in Jesus. Hello. This is a profound joy. It is purely of heaven on earth. Have a look at this next slide. Overflowing joy and generosity. For I testify, um, Paul says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, these Macedonians, and they even gave beyond their ability. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, entirely on their own. In other words, no manipulation here. This was all them. No exaggeration, no false promises of a nice Mercedes Benz, nothing. They just did it all on their own. Why? Because the divine favour and grace of God's on their life. That's That's what it looks like. One of the great signs of the kingdom coming and advancing its way in our lives is increased financial generosity to the work of God, not because we're manipulated, but because we love God and we love what he's on about in the earth. Perhaps one of the great gifts of, that I've received personally over many years ago and over the course of many years was when I would spend a bunch of time in access-restricted Asia. And I often spend time with the Burmese Christians 
and we would have to smuggle ourselves in and out of different places and we'd disappear off the grid for a while and, and, and then we would return again. But one of the things about the Burmese Christians was they would literally, whenever I would get to, with them, here I am, this, this Western kid with a whole bunch of resource and money to even be able to get on a plane and go there and then I get with these people that have got zip, I mean zip in terms of money and yet they showered me with their best food. They showered me with their generosity. They showered me with everything they had, and yet they lived in a context of military oppression, poverty, economic su- su- suppression, and poor health. And yet they couldn't wait to give me their best. It shocked me. But then I was looking at, I'm, I'm going, These, this, is what, this is the power of the Spirit on a group of Jesus people. This is that divine favour and grace of God on people's lives. Paul here is sharing about these Macedonian Christians. My experience of the Burmese Christians reveals to us that as we partner with the Father heart and work with God in bringing his kingdom to earth, there is grace with respect to our finances. These, These men and women, they would even take up offerings to give to me. To give to me. This kid who can just get back on a plane and go home and know that I have got a few dollars in the bank and I'll be okay. They, they who had nothing counted it joyful, a joyful, lovely, divine, empowered, gracious moment to be able to go, here, Kirk, here, receive this as a gift of our love to you. It was shocking. It was shocking to my Western sensibilities. Well, I, I, I received those gifts and then I made sure that I would, at the next group of people that I would go and visit, I would give it all to them. I would literally take a bag full of clothing and on the way home, the last thing I would basically get onto the aeroplane with was just a t-shirt on my sh- back, my pair of shorts and my flip-flops and I'd fly all the way home to Brisbane. I would just offload everything. It was like, God, I can't give these guys enough. If I could go home naked and not get arrested, I would. But there's just this sense of, oh God, this generosity. I want to live like that. Such freedom, such joy, such life. Not manipulated, not exaggerated, no false promises of, of prosperity. Just the kingdom of God. People's lives being changed and transformed. Paul says, we want you to know about this. And I want to testify. And that's what I'm doing to you now. Is I am testifying. I am testifying to the goodness of God, of people that live under his grace. And I, I love this place here at Pine River's Vineyard because this place here also is a place that has and continues to live under the generosity of God. But my question is, have we fully entered into the invitation that God is pouring out on us by the power of his spirit and saying, there is grace here for you? enter into this. Have a look at the next slide. Thanks, Luke. The The Macedonian experience was this. They gave as much as they were able. They gave beyond their ability. And they exceeded Paul's expectations. So let's just very, very quickly look at that. They gave as much as they were able. It was considered, it was measured, it was appropriate. It was obedient. Yep. 
And, and Paul says that in 2 Corinthians 9. Just decide in your heart, work it out with God, consider, think it through. Don't be manipulated, but listen to the grace of the Spirit's work here and be measured. Be measured. And then at the same time, they gave beyond their ability. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where, I've, you know, I've, Lord, I've done exactly what you've asked me to do with these finances, and then the Lord says, that's wonderful. Now, I want you to give way over and above that. I want you to just trust me for this and give, in, give to that or give to this person or go and give to this local church here. Give, give more. Have you ever found yourself, well, Lord, that's actually beyond my ability. But that's what gra- the grace of God does is it actually liberates you from thinking about our perceived abilities and we begin to rest in the capacities of the economy of God's good kingdom. And, and, it, and we enter into the Hebrews eleven six moment, which says, without faith it's impossible to please God. There's moments where we just need to be faithfully measured, just like a clock ticking. with our finances, just like that, to the cause of the kingdom of God through the local church. And while that's, that metronome's going in the background with your finances, over and, atop, over and above that, God comes along and says, Righto, you know that, that overtime that you worked last week? And that extra few bucks? I want you to give it away. I want you to give it to these people. Would you do that for me? Wow, that's beyond my ability. It's never beyond your ability. Ever. It's never beyond your ability. Because what we're talking about here is a partnership between your will and the will of God. Where by faith we enter into an experience of grace that, that, that is beyond our re- sensible earthly reasonings. But it, is, it enters into another power the Spirit of God. We give beyond our ability. Joyful obedience. Because in the end, God can, does, and has supplied all my needs in Jesus Christ. We see that in the resurrection. They gave beyond Paul's expectations. Nicole and I are continually offered into, invited by Jesus into opportunities and circumstances where we live beyond our expectations. <laughs> Often, I will turn, we will turn, we'll go and visit a group of people and we'll sit with them and, and, and we'll have a sense of an idea of maybe what God is wanting to do with this group of people when we sit with them. And then we meet with them. And then we invite God to come in the midst of all of that. And then by the time we leave there, Nicole and I will sit down and we'll talk to each other and go, man, that just completely exceeded our expectations. Why? Because the power of the kingdom was at work. We expected this And God gave us this, way beyond our expectations. And Paul's pointing at something here. I mean, this is a great apostle. He's seen some good stuff. He's seen some really awesome stuff with regards to the kingdom of God. But here he's saying, these guys, they they, they gave beyond their circumstances, my expectations. We have, as much as we are able, for Nicole and I, a measured strategic approach to our financial giving to God in the local church. We also have many experiences where we've been asked by God to trust him and lean into this grace that's beyond what we think we are able to give. 
And yet we learn a few things along the way. We learn love and obedience and the power of God as we see others touched by our willingness to say, yes, Lord, and go there. And we see them experience God's good kingdom. At every point along the way, God continues to invite us and he continues to invite you into knowing him more. And this requires letting go of our expectations of what we think we can do and enter into a new dynamic called the grace of God over and above. How did the Macedonians do it? How did they live it? Well, the keys were simple. They gave themselves first to God, then to others, and then to themselves. Now, that's kind of countercultural, isn't it? (laughs) They gave themselves first to God, then to the cause of the kingdom for the sake of others, and then to their own needs. This is um, an invitation that... Who's been baptised here? Hands up. Okay, well, this, this, inv- you might, this, this might have been your experience when you were being baptised, but maybe not. But maybe not. But the call of the kingdom of God is to be completely immersed in the lordship of Jesus Christ. Including, including our resources. <laughs> including our resources. The pathway to growing up into the grace of God is one of an invitation to excel in grace. Thanks, Luke. Next one, mate. And that pathway of growing in grace is one that we can commence by realising God's not withholding anything from us, but rather he's inviting us into a fuller, more powerful spiritual experience in Jesus Christ. And just as you excel in everything, as Paul said to the Corinthians, and he lists it off, you're great in faith and speech and knowledge and earnestness and love for each other, see that you also excel in this grace, this grace, this grace of giving. One of the things Nicole and I always say to each other and to the Lord (laughs) is we always say, we always say, Lord, It's not for lack of vision. It's not for lack of vision. It's only ever for a lack of resource. So, Lord, would you help the resource line up with the vision of the kingdom of God? Would you let the resource line up with the vision of the kingdom of God? We want to grow in this. We want to excel in this. Take us into those places where we have to trust you for the more. Take us into those places where we learn to put ourselves behind you and considering others and then ourselves knowing that we will be more than looked after by your generosity, God. This grace of giving, we want you to know about it, Paul said to the Corinthians. And our heart is that we want you to know about it as well here at Pine Rivers Vineyard. I just, I like... I was like, watch, I was kind of watching the Com Games last night, but I was kind of off in this other place, dreaming with God, dreaming with God. Just about what would it be like, God, if Nicole and I we just completely yielded ourselves <laughs> to actually letting this grace that you've won for us, that you've drawn us up into, that you've, you've declared over us, this divine favour and work and joy. What, what, what if that just completely consumed our lives and we gave ourselves to a vision of your kingdom in the earth? 
even as it is in the heavens. And partner, getting to partner with you. I dreamed on that all night. I just kept dreaming. I mean, my leadership team here, they got a late night message from me last night because I was dreaming. I was just like, it was flowing out of my heart. I was like, God, just imagine. Imagine what we could do, God. And I'm not bending elbow arms here. And I'm not manipulating or control. I'm just letting the heart of God inform my imagination by the power of the Holy Spirit of what, what would it look like if we here at PRV just gave ourselves over and that we might be a people who enter this pathway of grace and excel in this grace of giving. Just think of all of the faces that aren't here that you've never met that would actually be sitting in the vacant chair right next to you as a result of your generosity to God. It's all linked and connected. It's all linked and connected. I dreamed and dreamed and dreamed a lot last night. I was so excited. I was like, oh God, this is so huge, so big, and yet you invite someone like me to join you. Lord, and I said to him this morning when I got up, I said, Lord, where do we start? Where do I start? He said, start giving me what you've got. Let that be the first action of your heart and your life and your resources. Just give me the first. I'll tell you how much, but just give it to me. I said, Lord, I can start there. I can start there because I can start with what I've already got. I want to put you first. And this alone caused a joy to grow in my heart where I was like, I was like and I, I, didn't, I didn't tell any of the crew I was talking on any of this stuff this morning. And so when Scott gets up here and the Holy Spirit's all over him and his legs shaking like a leaf in the wind because the Lord's touching him and he starts praying. He's like, oh, Lord, in regards to bringing an offering to God. I was just, I was just up the back and I'm going, oh, this is too crazy. This is way beyond my expectations. <laughs> too crazy, God. You're already at work in our hearts. Thank you. We love you, God. The grace of giving. Last slide. Thanks, Luke. Joy and loveliness. Favor, divine will. The divine goodwill of God and divine empowerment. No manipulation. Just a sincere invitation to come from God into experiencing um, living in his grace. Living in his grace. Last slide. Let's, um, let's just... Let's just wait on the Holy Spirit for a moment. Heavenly Father. Wow, what a joy. What a privilege to be able to like get a vision of your kingdom and and then you call people through Jesus, through knowing Jesus, you call us into this great plan of your kingdom to restore all things on heaven and earth and under the earth through Jesus. And we get to, like, join you in that work. Oh, God, even as Paul said to the Corinthians, check out how that grace operates with these Macedonian Christians. Check out what God's doing there, way beyond circumstance. There's this testimony of, like, the economy of the kingdom of God doing exceedingly abundantly more. Oh, God, I just pray in light of that testimony, would you just speak to our heart as individuals? 
And would you speak to our heart as a fellowship of believers? And as we do that, as we, we just with sincerity do that, Holy Spirit, would you just come and have a, a sincere conversation here with each heart that's hungry to follow you into the more of your kingdom, more of the purposes of your love for our lives, less of the sub-life that's the returns of just so dissatisfying. Lord, we just come, fill us. Fill us with this grace. Fill us with this grace. Give us a vision of how our paycheck is way bigger than servicing the circumstances that, are, that we're living in. It's way bigger. Give us a vision of your kingdom. Give us a, a capacity to connect with that. Help, Holy Spirit. Come. Come. We sincerely just want to have that conversation with you, Lord. Just in this moment, in this space, in the safety of your grace and amongst your people, Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh God, could I be so bold, Lord, as to ask for that grace that was on the Macedonian brothers and sisters? Could I be so bold as to ask that that same grace might rest on us? that there might be a testimony to Jesus on, on Pine River's vineyard that speaks of the wonder of your generosity in your kingdom and that would see others come into a, a revelation of your love for them and see them come out from underneath the reign of darkness and into the reign of your kingdom and live forevermore. Oh, Lord, come. Could I be so bold? Well, Father, I am. I am so bold because you have called me in Jesus, just like you've called all of us through Jesus into the fullness of our inheritance in Christ. And so we ask, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Just in this room right now, there's a whole bunch of us that are going, I re- there's an, you've, there is an invitation in the conversation God's having with you to, to further that journey of excelling in that pathway of grace. That, that It's stirring in your heart and your mind. 
And if you want to go there, just, just, just stand up where you are. Just where you are. Just stand up where you are as a sign of, hey, God, I'm, I'm ready to, I want to excel in this. I don't want to exist in it. I want to excel in it. I want to grow in this grace of giving. It's not a command. Please hear that. It's not a command. It's an invitation from the heart of God to excelling in this grace from God. Father, I thank you for my um, brothers and sisters and your, your people, your children, your sons and daughters that are just standing right now and just with sincerity, Lord, saying, Lord, we want to excel for your greater glory, for the well-being of other people and for our joy. We want to excel, Lord. I pray that you would see us as we stand here in this moment and bring your power to it. Bring your power to that sincerity and release the story of your kingdom, Lord. Release the power of your kingdom through it. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, for those of you who are standing, I just want you to just stay there and just engage with the Lord just for a few more moments. I don't want you to rush away from that. Just let the Spirit of the Lord talk with you. And we just speak freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Give us a vision. Give us a vision, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.